The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, the show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two fine co-hosts. Nate Heininger and Mixmaster Shane. Was that a, what? Where's that coming from? Is that <laughs> was there a reason for that, Mixmaster Shane? No, just you know, you, you said to bring like a fun energy to the podcast, and I was I was stri- I was trying to do that. It's fun. That was fun. I had fun. Okay, okay, fun energy. Uh, I I can I can roll with that. Um, Mixmaster Shane is here to talk about. You can just call uh, me Shane, though. I mean, I, we don't have to be formal. What mix master? <laughs> this is the best opening to an episode we've ever had. Uh, we're talking this week about a game called Shotgun King. Shane, you were the one that brought this to my attention. I had never heard of it when you mentioned it last week. So um, maybe you could tell me a little bit about what is Shotgun King. Sure. Uh, so Shotgun King. So first off, like this is this is one of the f- games that I discovered through TikTok. Which lately, that's becoming more and more of how I'm discovering cool games. Um, maybe that says something about me as a person, but I really do think that as a platform, TikTok, uh, like it's a great way to like if 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 the TikTok algorithm decides that you want to see cool indie games, it's gonna just like show you a ton of them. How do I get it to show me like that instead of just like bad cooking videos and like? I don't know, um, memes. Like, I I don't I mean, use TikTok that much, but it's really not been uh, showing well, me anything interesting. The first step is is you're not using TikTok that much because the algorithm is a like a uh, idiot savant. Uh, mm. It 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 needs uh, it needs the signal from you. And then, have you literally tried searching on TikTok? There is a search bar. Yeah, I I know I don't use TikTok that much because uh, as Shane and I discovered like a week ago, um, I went into TikTok for the first time in probably three months because I don't really use that app like at all. And I found that for literally months, Shane had been using the the like DM feature on TikTok to send me funny TikToks that he found. <laughs> yeah, and there was a backlog of like hours of tiktok videos that shane had sent me and i was like what's the deal shane you've just been sending me these i have i have notifications off for tiktok and he was like i thought you were just being aloof (laughs) (laughs) well i engaged with tiktok like a real adult which is through shared stories on instagram so um I also never see any of the uh (laughs) any of the cool video game stuff it's mostly just memes uh, I but occasionally cool. get retro game stuff on TikTok, so it's got me figured yeah. out that much. Yeah. But I, I yeah. never see cool indie games mm-hmm. on there. Uh, it also like picks up on stuff that you, if you are friends with someone, it will inherently assume you want to see the same shit. So as soon as Reagan got on TikTok, I started seeing videos of people like disassembling electronics <laughs> and reassembling <laughs> giant furry costumes. Their, their algorithm does have some merit. <laughs> yes, the um. The the thing though that I think like is it, it makes this game successful. Watch this segue is the same thing that makes a great TikTok successful. Ooh, and good that segue. Keep is going. 
just having a really strong, simple concept that can be conveyed um, like in a single minute. Ladies and, and gentlemen, the mix master at work. Good segue. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The faders are the faders are flying. The uh, the concept with the uh, the game shotgun chess. Sorry, shotgun king is basically shotgun chess. Uh, <laughs> in this game, uh, it plays very much like regular chess on a regular chessboard, with one uh, big exception, which is that on your side, the black side there is uh, only one piece, and that is the king. And the king is, instead of only moving one square, uh, the king can move one square and fire a shotgun. And uh, at the opponent... <laughs> this is, is a brilliant concept that as soon as it was explained to me, I was like, why hasn't anyone yeah. made this before? This was an inevitable game. This is a brilliant, mm-hmm. inevitable design. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it no, really- I actually really think that this is... There's a there's a thing you can do when you're making a design, which is you can hook into things that already resonate with your players, right? Things that they already know. And something as fundamental and foundational as chess is very, very effective to hook into. And I would compare this game. But by the way, I didn't I didn't explain like this is also a roguelike um, with like card elements so like there's a little more going on than in that initial pitch, but like that's that's basically it. Um, having something that is incredibly resonant at, for for your players um, and fits into that initial pitch is exactly how you want to make you know this kind of a game. And um, like I would compare this to a, a very similar game that I I love called Hoplite that never really did that it was successful um but it wasn't as resonant as this did either of you guys play hoplite i did uh, play at hoplite. your insistence i played hoplite and i never yeah. i never grokked it sure well well hoplite was was nate did you play it i did i will say i don't remember a lot about it but i i played it for sure well it it's a lot like this in that it was a uh like a um instead of a shotgun it was a spear um, and it was played on a hexagonal grid, but it, it, in a lot of ways, it's very, very similar. Um, but the theming there was around like a, a soldier going through the underworld or whatever. Yeah. Like, and you were going down levels mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Like so much of a game that is this kind of like, um, careful positioning based roguelike, right? Like that one also was is based around learning like the uh the enemy movement and attacks like every roguelike has a big element of like learning the enemy movement and attacks and this game everyone who plays most likely already starts the game knowing how every piece moves and attacks that's actually a really good point that i mean i i was kind of thinking about like yeah you 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 know most people sort of under understand uh what chess piece moves are but like when you put it that way that that makes a lot of sense like there is there's a lot of learning involved in learning the movements of enemies in games that you just you just short circuit right past here you're immediately playing the game the only thing you need to learn is like like when do they move and how do you shoot the shotgun and then you're it you're in yeah and they also mess with it a lot too in that like 
um, the chess pieces all do what they are, um, what you know them to do, right? Other than there are cards that may impact their, uh, the way that they move. But for the most part, they, at least as you start the game, they, they move the way you're expecting them to. But the, um, the amount and the organization of those chess pieces are very, very different. You, especially if you end up winning, you might have a board that starts out with you as the single black king and the other side of the board has two rows of pawns, three rooks, two queens, three knights. It can be you know, a complete mess. And even if you're someone who is really familiar with chess and really good at chess, you have to read the board in an entirely new way that is entirely unlike chess. And so it's a good spin on it where, yes, like your ability your chess knowledge is useful because you know what they likely can do. But the, the play is so unlike chess that there's not a lot of actual crossover as far as any skill from chess, which I actually think is good because this game I think is, you know, isn't trying to be like, Oh, you like chess. Then you'll like shotgun King. It's more like, oh, you're familiar with chess and you want to blast away all of the uh, other chess pieces with a giant shotgun. And it doesn't actually matter if you know the intricacies and, and getting people into checkmate or anything like that. You don't need to know any of that. You just have to be able to avoid getting uh, hit and get a little lucky with your shotgun blast sometimes because there is some RNG and this and uh you know it's it's super um i think super accessible more accessible than actually chess probably is as oh, long definitely. as you're as long as you're into games like this it is a roguelike that like you said there's a there's a whole stat block element to it there's some rng it's pretty tough um but again not in the way that chess is tough when you say like <laughs> will this appeal to chess players like there is a certain resonance here that this will appeal maybe not to the savvy chess player but this will very much appeal to the person who has ever felt that inside impulse to flip over the chessboard <laughs> you know because this is the 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 shotgun is a um it's a it's a broom it just like sweeps the pieces out of your way i mean they have they have like some hp and whatnot and i do think it like what you mentioned there about it being uh having some rng to the the damage is interesting because that is the part of it that took me a little bit of the longest to wrap my head around yeah Uh, talk about how the shotgun works because obviously our we don't need to explain how a knight moves to our audience but we might need to explain how a digital shotgun works yeah, so every time you have a turn, uh, and it, it does alternate, you go, then they go, then you go, and they go. And um, there are cards that mess with that, but again, for the most part, it's that. And on your turn, you can either fire your shotgun or you can move. Um, and helpful hint, if you didn't know this, so uh, your shotgun has to be loaded. Um, this game doesn't do a great job of tutorializing, but if you're playing this, uh, and your shotgun is unloaded. Uh, just moving will reload it, 
but if you actually don't want to move, you can click on the shotgun at the top and it will reload it for you. Oh, I don't know if you no, I, I don't know if you that. I know Dang. I didn't it took me forever to to realize that. And it's it's very helpful because sometimes you're in the, the spot that you want to be in. But if you have to reload, you'd have to move and then move back and it can mess everything up. So anyway, on your turn, you can either move, which also reloads your shotgun, or you can fire. Sometimes you can fire multiple times again, depending on your uh on on your cards your shotgun has um a a couple stats one is its firepower and what that means it starts at four and when you aim your shotgun you get a little uh like um ui or a little heads up display element that shows an arc and just like a shotgun like the if you are only aiming like right in front of you the arc is really narrow and if you spread it across through the whole chessboard it gets really really wide and your firepower is how many pellets are going to fire from your shotgun and if let's say your firepower is four then if you have a really wide spread you don't know how those four are going to hit it could hit if there are four uh, enemy chess pieces in the range of that arc it could do one on all of them it could do two on two of them however you want to cut it and slice it you get it four across those uh, across that huge arc or if you do it where everything is your arc is just on one single spot then you're going to hit them with the full firepower and there are cards every time you clear a, a stage or a floor you pick a card and you pick a card that improves you and also improves white. So there's kind of an interesting balance there. And a lot of the cards are things like plus one firepower. And then for you and then for white, it's like add one rook, add one bishop, add one knight. You know? uh, and generally speaking, you're looking to improve firepower and range, which dictates how far you actually can, um, you know, how far that arc will actually be effective. Um, so there is a little bit of luck to it because, you know, if you're aiming downwind and there's something you're really trying to kill, but the arc is huge, you have no idea if you're actually going to get it or not. Um, so there's this sort of balance of like early game, you're kind of getting in range and just unloading, trying to take out as many as you can while it's a huge wall of enemies. And then it becomes this sort of interplay of, there's a lot of enemy pieces. I, I was playing a game just before we recorded where they had five knights. And that gets incre that gets incredibly intricate uh on, on yeah. where they can go. And um if you end your turn where uh they one of the enemies can hit you, it's game over. And or um, and that's just if you end your turn, you you like move into a spot where someone could get you, um, or like you reload and you didn't realize that something was going to to hit you. You know, it's one hit kill. Um, and the thing that got me the most though, before I really like slowed down on this game, which is my biggest advice, is like slow down because outside of the RNG everything is on the screen it's a turn-based game like you know what's going to happen you can avoid most things if you really take your time with it um but if you 
kill, let's say, um, like a pawn, and behind it was a rook, you know, that goes in a straight line. When you kill that pawn, you've now exposed the rook, and it's going to go straight down the line and kill you. Which again is yeah, completely on one of the things that got me like most <laughs> yeah. of the time that I died in this. Although there were also definitely times I think where I just sort of, I feel like I, I didn't have a, so I, I maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but like obviously Nate like kicked this game's ass. Whereas I had a really, really hard time with it. I didn't get very far. Um, it being a roguelike, you know, I had, I played it a number of times, but I didn't, uh, I didn't make a ton of progress. I kept kind of wiping out fairly early. Um, and I think I I think I had a poor understanding of how the game handles HP and like how to tell when I shot something, whether it was going to die this turn or next. Is it, Do you have any tips there? Because I feel like something about that element of the game was constantly tripping me up. I was thinking I was like, OK, I can shoot this guy once and then I'd empty my shotgun three times and it wasn't dead. That kind of thing. It's all that RNG. Like if it's you're the little arc the bullets are going to spread out from there. So unless mm-hmm. you are directly next to them um, and you have the entirety of the arc is centered on exactly one guy, uh, it's possible that you get a bad roll essentially. And some of the pellets or whatever shotgun bullets, I don't know what you call things from inside of a shotgun um, buckshot. Buckshot. Okay. I know that because uh, I am a gun expert. Yeah. <laughs> Behind Reagan right now is uh, like that scene from Tremors, you know, where they have like the whole wall of guns. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's me. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, yeehaw. <laughs> uh, I, I ran into that a lot, a lot as well, Reagan, where you'd be like, oh, this guy has three HP. I'll be fine. And you point the gun at him and it only takes two. And it's really is just a luck of the draw. Unless you have that, um, if your if your arc is even off a little bit, there's a possibility that you'll miss. Um, which I think is the intent to add some element of this game that isn't a hundred percent predictable, because otherwise there would net like you. I think this would be a type of game that you could win a hundred percent of the time. And they mm. want some degree of randomness in it. Uh, that's my only thought, too, because I, I ran into that a lot as well, especially early on until I really got it and started to strategize around the fact that, like, I might not kill the thing when I think I'm going to kill it because I might just get unlucky. Mm-hmm. I think what's was kind of at play here also is. Uh, the fact that this is a video game shotgun, you know, mm-hmm. like the um, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's a there's a a problem with video game shotguns. And in fact, I think video game shotguns are making real shotguns look bad because <laughs> in most video games, they want you to like be using a rifle or a pistol, right? And so they make, well, the, the, the pistol is going to be for close range headshots and the rifle is going to be for long range headshots. And so what's the shotgun for? Well, it's kind of a medium range. And if you uh, spray and pray, and if you, you know, try and shoot something that's too far away, 
uh, it's going to be hitting them with wet confetti, right? And like a real shotgun is has enormous range and tremendous knockdown ability. Yeah, and, there's a reason that people use shotguns to shoot down birds. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like in a in a in a video game, if you were trying to shoot down like. I don't know, some space drone or whatever that's flying over your head and you pull out the shotgun, it's probably not going to be as effective as the pistol, you know, but because they they fire off like a handful of tiny pellets that go randomly in a cone, which, you know, uh, the cone is accurate to real shotguns. This is a bit of a rant, but it is just something that's funny. And once you see it in video games, it's everywhere. Um, I, I know. know how much you care about accurate representation of guns and video games. So I'm glad that shotgun King is the game that you can finally get this off your chest. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. Time to really complain about the gun physics and <laughs> when I shoot this shotgun, it should leave holes in the board. <laughs> uh, well, your, your point is valid, Shane, but it's also like, I, I just, I just think it, it is back to the idea of like what resonance what resonates with people playing video games because we have the chess element and now here we have this shotgun that is specifically for people who uh like shotguns in video games so like it's going to play out like that it's going to it's going to fire off a uh irregular spray of uh of damage that's going to ping into yeah things and if you hit things at range you're gonna things are gonna start getting real dicey but it, it uh it can also be like this game gets really satisfying once you get into the later levels and uh, i had a game where my assortment of cards left me with a the shotgun had 11 power mm. uh, and it starts at four so i had accrued a lot of firepower and just like almost two complete rows of pawns. And I could basically just for the first two or three moves of the game, just unload the shotgun from you know five spaces back and just punch huge holes through the, the wall of pawns and, and even get to the King, uh, you know, right out of the gates. And it was, it was really fun. And uh, definitely a, that is sort of that, like, you were talking about wanting to flip over a chessboard. Like I do play a fair amount of chess. I'm not very good at it, but I do play a fair amount of chess. And there is something that was uniquely satisfying about just being like, I don't have to deal with this like complicated, you know, one verse one, uh, you know, mind game that is chess. And instead I can just hop my little King uh, forward a couple spots and, and just fire away and, and blast away the, uh, the 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 entire other side and uh it was fun you know something we didn't mention at the top that we probably should have um is that this game was uh the winner of ludumdare 50 uh, i don't know the dates on ludumdare 50 it was pretty recent it was one of them uh, if it's not the most recent ludumdare because they do those about twi- i think twice a year now um then it is it is one of the more recent ones um and as far as i can tell the 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 version of this that was part of Ludum Dare, meaning that was developed by this small team of three people in, I think, 72 hours, uh, looks fairly complete. They added a nice CRT shader on top of it, and, and maybe I'm sure they uh, you know tweaked it and refined it. You heard like, it here first, folks. Reagan thought the CRT shader was nice. 
this is a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one to be honest. Um, but like, I am, uh, I am astonished that this game was a, you know, as complete as it was as a, as a Ludum Dare submission, obviously it won Ludum Dare because they really struck gold with their, with their, like, you know, their pitch, but also their mechanics here. Like they really came up with something kind of genius. Um, but it's interesting to see that this is, this is from a developer, a developer called uh, punk cake Delicieux. I might be pronouncing that wrong. I believe it's, um, French for delicious. Uh, and, uh, they are a small development team squad duo, uh, that have a kind of a model where they do a Patreon, uh, and release a game every month as, uh, for their Patreon subscribers, um, which I've seen a few other, uh, small developers do things like that. But to be honest, like taking a look at their other games, like these seem more complete and like more you know, there's more game to these games than any other uh, developer kind of appro- taking this approach that I've seen. Um, so I'm really impressed that this came out of this like, you know, in, you know, incredibly tight timeline. Uh, not only are these people producing a game every month, but here they produced uh, essentially this game in 72 hours. Uh, and they continue to do that. They've come out with another game since this one. They have at least 10 games up on their itch page. Um, yeah. This is a really impressive game but it's also impressive to see this just as as a part of a body of work from a uh from a really indie indie here it's really cool i kind of have some ludum dare specific questions that maybe you can fill me in on one i probably I noticed, can't but feel free well sure one of the things i noticed when i i looked up ludum dare uh i was looking at their the history of the winners is that they list both compo winners and jam winners and I, I guess that's something that started with the ones back in like 2011 and it continues today. This one was con- is considered a jam winner. I don't understand the difference. Oh, well, hold on. Um, I think I might, I might have some info here. I used to know this. I'm trying to remember the distinction. And it's one of those things that I I believe it has to do with just like following a different set of rules. And if I maybe you can tell me if I'm right. I think that the jam winners have to create their game start to finish within the 72 hours. And then the compo winners, they have like a looser set of submission rules or something like that. I think it's the opposite. Oh, okay. I think it's the opposite here. I think it says a more relaxed version of the jam, the jam, wait. No, this might be the case. The jam, which allows development teams, private source code, and extended development time of 72 hours takes place concurrently with the solo competition or the compo. Okay, so it's it's the jam is you can have your friends and you get... Gotcha. Well, um, very impressive. Uh, and, you know, honestly, like I, I hear a little bit about stuff coming out of Ludum Dare every now and then, but it's rare that a game like uh pops out of ludum dare like r- ready for the show so to speak that's not to say that there's like not full interesting complete games coming out of ludum dare people are creating incredible stuff for that every time they do one of those comps but um i don't know like looking back over the last uh you know few years of comp winners here i haven't played any of these um yeah i played say that's- that was the the uh the jam winner in april 2021 and that oh, was, was really that? cool uh it was a it's almost hard to explain it's like a it's like a a a falling block puzzle that like evolves as you play it 
in an interesting way. I don't know. It'd be it's kind of easy to spoil. I think you should just check it out. Cool. Yeah, um, looking at it, it just looks like columns from the screenshots, but there's something more going on here. Yeah, there's a lot more going on. You just you, you kind of keep going with it, and the game like shifts over time, and it's unrecognizable by the end. That's actually um, that's really cool. I want to check that out now. I mean, yeah, you know, Ludumdare stuff like you see of game one Ludumdare, like it probably won for a reason. It's pro- probably not yeah. boring. Um, but did have awesome. either of you? Did either of you ever participate or? at least be aware of something like the 24 hour film festival. Um, I participated in one once many years ago when I was in the sort of community theater theater era of my yeah. life. And, um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even remember what we made. Um, yeah. It's been a long time. So I, I bring that up because I, you know, that's kind of similar to this and that, you know, the whole point is the time constraints and, and like the games or the, or the films or whatever are made uh, with that sort of expectation and fans of the games or the movies or whatever also are going in with that expectation that part of the whole point of playing them and part of the whole thrill of it is to see what someone can come up with in a really short time. So I, I you know, the 24 hour, 24 hour film festival is pretty big and I can't think of a single one that's ever actually broken out and done anything other than been good at that film festival, but they'll use those often as places to like, do a short that maybe inspires a longer work later. Um, and you know, sometimes you can see some interesting creators who participate in those, but I think you know, by design, you're not really creating much that is intended for like the mainstream market. So to say all that, I agree with you, Reagan, like, you know, this game, even if it, you know, I think someone could play it and not know yeah. that it yeah, was. If there had been insane. like a devolver digital logo, during the boot up sequence of this game, I would not have felt surprised. It, yeah. it has the feeling of like a full ass release with a like, you know, this is this is a game ass game. Um, I believe they self published it on Steam. Um, yeah. But like you could easily see this with like a, you know, one of the the bigger indie publishers and it would be right at home. Like this is a really well done polished thing and top to bottom. The only thing I think it's missing and I think this is again a, an extension of of its creation. Is that uh, there's no stats? Give me the stats. I don't know if you like. I that's a good point. You, when you when you win, it just starts right over. You know, there is this game does have a story, uh, which is funny, uh, and it does have a boss at the end, which is funny. And so they they got all the critical pieces that you'd want from something like this, uh, but when it's done and you win, you get a little cut scene and then it goes right to the beginning. There are different, um, there's two different modes. There's throne, which is you have to win. There's 12 floors. The 12th floor has a boss and, uh, uh, you know, and then there's endless, which is what it sounds like, uh, with throne, you start out with easy mode and normal mode. And then as you win, you unlock additional hard modes, um, that basically add more modifiers, negative modifiers to your to your knight or to your um, king, like starting with less ammo, starting with less movement, things like that. Um, but the one thing I wish I wanted to know how many runs did I do, like how many kills did I get, how many victories, you know, just that normal stuff that you get in most roguelikes at this point. This isn't really a complaint because I understand where this game came from and it's truly incredible that they made it in 72 hours. 
but I would love for a patch to give me that because that's also one of the fun things about you know a roguelike like this is just to see the see the stats, what cards you took, look at run history, things like that. I would mm-hmm. I would love to have that. Um, and I and I don't know if they're continuing development on this game at all or if they you know they're if they're yeah, making they, a, they game, make a um, game every month maybe not yeah, <laughs> probably not and that's fine i you although know. obviously this seems like a hit for them at least you know yeah. uh, at least a minor hit so maybe they will expand and continue they've clearly continued to um to patch it looking at the the like change log and everything they've added at least like a half a dozen new languages um you know translations they've continued to add uh like bug fixes and other patches so i don't know if there's like new content incoming but it's not you know it's not one and done dropped and moved on they've continued to do stuff to this for dozens of fixes dozens of patches here so yeah i and i don't know that you know again this is even way more complicated but um I would love it if you could do like a an actual multiplayer where one person's the shotgun king and the other person has like the white oh, board. Oh man, that's know. a really good idea. Uh, I, I I know like online multiplayer is it's hard. a whole thing. You have but, servers and all of that. But I was just like, ooh, this would be fun. It would be fun to be either side, you know. Yeah. Try to, try to, um, so I I really enjoyed this game and and I got to the. Uh, I'm working my way up through the difficulty. Yeah, Nate, uh, Shane, Shane suggested that we play this game for the show. And um, I'm not sure what the actual timeline was, but it really felt like like six hours later, Nate was like, I beat it <laughs> in the Discord. <laughs> well, this is exactly my wheelhouse. I'm horrible at so many of the games that we do, but these sort of turn-based strategy games built off a chess like this was with right. roguelike elements. Was, like, yeah, this yeah. was exactly <laughs> for me. I actually like spent... Uh, I went, uh, spent some time with my family this weekend and I was played a lot of actual real chess over that weekend too. So my mind was all on chess over the last few days. And, and, uh, I think I won my first run or my first run was, what am I trying to say? The first run that ended in a win was probably around 15 to 20 tries. And then Mm. hard mode took a lot more than that. Um, and I, I, finish that right before we recorded but i'm going to try to win it on the on the more difficult settings um it is it's hard and i i think it's awesome i'm really glad that's awesome i had a lot of fun with it even though i was and still i am really bad at it and um it's one of those games that like i definitely see myself like i put this on my steam deck i'm going to be popping this up to like play a run every now and then um uh, I, I was worried because like, you know, sometimes point and click things. This is a really a mouse driven game. There's no controller support, um, but it was uh, it was fine on the Steam Deck and it's fine. You know, it's, it's very simple mouse movements are required so you can play this one handed. No problem. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a really awesome game and I'm really glad we checked it out for the show, even though I am abysmal at it. I think I'm going to continue uh, plugging away at it and hopefully I'll improve maybe my uh, my completely atrophied chess skills will come <laughs> back to me and i'll i'll get better at it have you guys played any other um like battle chess games or i remember or like, battle chess but wasn't that a, wasn't or, battle uh, chess essentially just like chess but with animations that took forever every, every time you moved a piece like it was just regular chess rules right i guess i guess i'm thinking um these like takes on classic games i was talking to a buddy of mine who i haven't played this but he said there's a uh there's a there's a like a Scrabble battle royale game, you know, where you're trying to combine words like Scrabble, but it's also battle royale, like these twists on on 
classic games. I don't know. I haven't played many, but this game made me think of like, oh, are there other games that take the rules that we all know? And, and I think the, I think the developer to look to for that kind of thing is Zach Gage. Have you played any of his games? Um, I don't think we've ever covered any on the show. I've been playing. Shane actually talked about um, what is it? Word. Uh, what's the what's his uh, his like weird crossword thing that we've been playing? Shane, what's it called again? It's called Not Words. And it's yeah. uh, it's very much like crosswords, except uh, rather than having clues, it just kind of takes the sort of crossword puzzle and breaks it up into small zones. And every zone might have like two to five squares in it. And you'll know which letters appear somewhere in those squares without knowing any specifics. Um, yeah, in, so in a way, plays. it's kind of like crossword, but with a little bit of elements of like Minesweeper or something. Uh, like it, or, yeah, very or, much a Sudoku. Sudoku yeah, uh, element he also it. has a Sudoku game called Good Sudoku that I haven't played because I'm not really into Sudoku, but it's apparently one of the better Sudoku games. He has uh, a game called Really Bad Chess, which is uh, like micro twists on chess. There's no shotgun, but if you like the idea of of, I think uh, that's what I was thinking of when I said like bat or battle chess or whatever. Really bad. Uh, yeah. Chess. Really yeah. bad chess. Yeah. Um, and right now I like um, on my play date, uh, I was just before we recorded playing. He has a game called snack, which is his twist on snake. The classic like, you know, snake game for nvidia smartphone nvidia what am i talking about uh nokia smartphones or or you know or what have you um and it plays just like the snake you remember except it adds a jump button and also these so you can jump over your tail and also (laughs) there's these little enemies uh that look like apples with teeth that are coming after your your snake and if they get onto your snake they will climb up your body to your head and then eat you Um, and so if you have one of them on you, you have to like in a frenzy and panic, uh, jump onto your own body and eat the apple before it gets to your head. Um, it's a brilliant little twist on snake. Uh, and I've been really, really enjoying it, but like Zach Gage has a real, real talent for this, the, like coming up with a, with a, a weird twist on a classic that, you know, brings something new. Um, but yeah, there's definitely lots of other developers that do that same kind of thing. But like, you know, Zach, when I think of that, I think of Zach Gage. Um, do we have anything left to say about Shotgun King uh, before we wrap it up and, and maybe do a what's making us happy? No, um, pretty simple as far as, you know, what there is to talk about. I think great story of it. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's very funny. Um, has a lot to say about gun culture in America, I think. Uh, a <laughs> lot to say about uh, uh, royalty, um, mm-hmm. themes yeah. of uh, uh, racial themes, you know, black versus white. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, man. Um, no, it's, everyone's like, wait, is he joking or... <laughs> It's it's chess. There's a shotgun. <laughs> Jesus. Um, although I will Boom. say that the, like, the little uh, little intro sequence is really kind of cute and funny. Uh, uh, I don't know if this is I don't think it's a quote from the in game, but like on the page on itch, it says the Black King has been dispossessed of everything. Everything except their royal shotgun. His yeah. wrath shall be his undoing. Yet he cares not in his dark folly. Bits of white pieces will fly. Um you know, it, it it has a very sort of self serious, funny uh, intro. That's 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 pretty great. Um, 
And speaking of itch.io, this game is available on Steam and itch. Uh, I believe it is Windows only, unless I'm mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you're buying this, uh, I did mention Steam and itch. It's it's on itch and it's uh, it comes with a Steam key there. So if you're the sort of person that cares about having a Steam key, uh, you can make sure your money is going directly to the developer, that they're getting a bigger slice of that pie. Um, and if you buy it on itch and there's no downsides, you get it a Steam key as well. Uh, so double dipping. Um, right now it is $5.40, which is a whopping 10% off of its $6 MSRP. Uh, and this is a <laughs> easy, easy win at $6. That's a, you know, this yeah. is a, a, this is a really fun game for six bucks. Um, so I would definitely recommend people check this out. And since we still got a little bit of time left on our clock, uh, Let's do what's making us happy this week. Uh, Nate, what's making you happy this week? Well, besides killing the king, um, I, as I said, I spent some time with my family over the weekend, and it is incredibly hot here in St. Louis, like 110 degree heat index. What? 70% humidity. It's like... Okay, wait, Nate, Nate. Um, okay, you're you're inflating things here heat index what does the actual thermometer say nate because we live Um, in houston texas where it is hot as balls all the time and i have a moral superiority when people start telling me that it's hot i always have to simply say no it's not you don't know what hot is so nate how hot (laughs) is it really oh i hope i don't get that treatment but um it's been sitting between 99 to 103 with uh, heat okay, indexes. Okay, up that's pretty to... hot. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you a hard time. There, and the hum- it's the humidity. It's like walking out into a mouth. Um, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. So we went to a water park. Oh. And uh, nice. it was nice. It made me happy. I haven't been to a water park in like 15 years. And we were there mostly with the kids. And we were in the kid park. But it was nice. So that water park made me happy. Um, awesome. I didn't know there was a water park near St. Louis. Where, where, where no, did you we go? Were down, uh, we were down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, oh, okay. You know, which every time I say that, people want to ask if it's like Ozark, the show, which I've not watched. But I'll say, yes. I don't yes. know the show, so I won't ask you that question. <laughs> um, you know, meth and, and horrible, horrible things. And uh Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, <laughs> Good to know. But um no, the the water park was great and uh I you know, it was it was nice. So that made me happy. It's really cool. what I was up to the last week. Well, um we were talking a little bit before the show uh and uh Nate was mentioning uh that he had been playing some Tetris and uh, I also had been playing some Tetris and so I thought I would make it, uh, a quick recommendation as my what's making us happy this week um, because I, I've uh, been playing a lot of Tetris on I have a MiU Mini which is like a little um, handheld retro game emulator console thing that um, fits in a pocket really easily it's it's uh, smaller in one dimension even than the play date although it's thicker um, but it's you know really nice and pocketable and so I've been whipping that out to play uh, little games like Tetris a lot and I was looking for like what is a good version of Tetris that will run on this device um, and I guess I've become spoiled over the years by the new uh, Tetrises and their various upgraded features right so like I, my first thought was like I used to love the original Game Boy Tetris I'm going to download that and that's what I'm going to play on this thing. 
And I started playing that a little bit and I couldn't get into it because the original Game Boy Tetris is very old. It is lacking a lot of the things that you expect in modern Tetrises, right? Like you, you, um, you get used to having things like, like, I don't know what they call all the features because I'm not like a Tetris nerd, but like things like the, that sort of unlimited or, or at least lengthy sort of spin period when a, when a piece hits where you can like continue spinning it before it locks into place for a while or the ability to um, like lock it, like save a piece, the hold feature. Um, and there's other stuff too. Um, it, and uh, the older Tetris is like NES Tetris and Game Boy Tetris don't have those things. Um, newer Tetris is all do. And so uh, I was like, I wonder like, and I, I wasn't really happy with the like slightly more modern Game Boy Advance Tetris. And so I started looking around for like, what are my options here? Um, and I have two great Tetris recommendations for people uh, if you are playing Tetrises of, on anything, but especially if you are running, trying to run them on an uh, old game emulator or on maybe real hardware on a flashcard or something. Um, the first one is uh, the Rosy Retrospection uh, ROM hack for Game Boy Tetris. Uh, some very smart people have hacked a bunch of modern Tetris features into the original Tetris for Game Boy. So it looks, sounds, and plays almost identical to the original uh, Tetris Game Boy. You start by like getting a original Game Boy Tetris ROM and you patch it with this ROM hack. Uh, but it adds a bunch of improvements. Um, it implements, I'm just reading from their, from their list of, of features here. It implements um, uh, super rotation system, shadow piece. That's a thing where you have a little piece at the bottom where you can see where your piece is going to fall. Uh, three previews. So you can't just see what piece is coming next. You can see three. Um, you can use the select button to hold a piece. So you press select and it holds a piece till later. Um, a bunch of other stuff that I don't know what it means, like seven bag with new pseudo random number generator. I don't know what seven bag means in Tetris terminology. Um, it's better than it six bag, like, right? It's, it adds it's, the hard drop. Like I didn't realize that original Tetris didn't have the hard drop, but this adds it. Um, tons of little fixes as well. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, uh, it still looks and like has all of the like feeling of the original Tetris. So like if you're nostalgic for original Tetris, but you actually want to play a Tetris that feels worth playing today, Rosie retrospection, just, uh, it's, it's an incredible ROM hack. It's like a complete reworking of the original Game Boy Tetris. I'm really, really impressed with it. Um, doesn't feel hacky at all. It just feels like, Hey, this is how this always was, except then you go back and play the original. You're like, wait, no. Um, and then if for some reason that doesn't work for you, there's a, another version that I found for the Game Boy Advance, uh, it's on itch.io. Somebody created a brand new Tetris game for the Game Boy Advance called Apotris, A-P-O-T-R-I-S. Um, I do not like the Game Boy Advance Tetris options. None of them were really very good, in my opinion. Um, but this is one of the best Tetris games uh, I've ever played. Uh, it's a, it's kind of fast, uh, so I don't know. You know, it kind of might depend on your on your uh, your feeling about like how fast you like your Tetris games to play. But this is like a really nice modern Tetris that isn't a ROM hack based on an original one. It is a totally brand new game that somebody made that is like a, a like a really nice brand new Tetris game that you can download uh, on itch.io as a name your price thing and then put it on your Game Boy Advance or thing that can run Game Boy Advance ROMs and it it runs. It's awesome. So um, I was recommending both of those for Tetris interested persons. Uh, that is the <laughs> retro uh, rosy retrospection hack for Tetris and 
Apotris for the Game Boy Advance. Reagan, Tetris interested persons is your uh, your your best new construction since you described all of us as time interested gamers. <laughs> I'm realizing I have a habit of making this incredibly shitty. I don't know what you call that phraseology. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone who has no, to. No, I love podcast. it. Please do not stop. I am I a would... I am a Reagan interested listener. if i was uh you know if i had to make a dating app profile i think it'd definitely be time interested gamer would be uh (laughs) you know pretty high up on my on my on my bio (laughs) i'm gonna have to change mine uh shane what's making you happy this week well i i'm gonna kind of uh list a few things there's these are all minor but they're coming together to make me very happy the first is i've been going back through the short game catalog um listeners with a keen ear might have noticed that i am not on every episode Uh, (laughs) and there are there are some of the of the games that i really wanted to play and i didn't get to and the the ones that i really am excited about right now i'm playing through uh, bug snacks and oh you are yes i, I am bug snacks and my my son is you know i'm playing through it with him and he loves it he's he's right at that kind of uh i knew he would like it when he started getting really into pokemon and like going around and collecting things and like knowing the names of all the little monsters is a like it's a it's a skill that four year olds have just developed and are eager to uh, put into practice. Uh, one question about that for those of you because he um when trying to explain to him uh, what a bug snack is, I'll, you know, kind of bug and kind of snack. Um, I think I gave an example of like, well, imagine like a butterfly, but the wings are buttered toast, and he thought that was so funny, but now he's been begging me to find the butterfly whose wings are buttered toast. And it seems like such low hanging fruit for this game to have such a butterfly, but I still haven't found one. Is there a butterfly that is toast in bug snacks? I thought I was close with the cheap poof, but that's a butterfly. That's a made of cheesy poofs. Uh, there's something called a flutter jam. Uh, it's not okay. buttered toast. It is. The, uh, it's gonna, might not, might not count. This is a very, very particular child. Mm, I can. Oh, well. I can imagine. <laughs> I might have to write the developers. Wait, one of the ke- another Kelly being incredibly particular. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> I. I. It can't. Can't be my son. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, the other things that I'm uh I'm absolutely loving uh right now. Uh, I'll just list one more, which is um, you might be aware of a company called Big Ass Fans. I am you, indeed. I yes. am. Yes. <laughs> yes. They have excellent marketing and a terrific name. Uh, they they sell exactly what it says in the name, big ass fans. Um, when I was a kid, my uncle had a big ass fan that he would keep near his pool for when people were hanging out. And um, like if you like you are right Nate, right now, Nate, in the middle of like a, a outdoors is like literally the like sweat uh, like collects on your body uh Mm -hmm. big ass fans are awesome but big ass fans are also uh, expensive and so i have a little hack that i want to suggest to people and that is that um 
you should go to your local Lowe's um, or other hardware store and see if you can pick up a commercial um, electric worksite fan. Um, and this is my new standard equipment for any outdoor event or party. I do. I've, I've been doing a lot of uh, like outdoor gatherings. First, it was the pandemic. And, and now it's like, you know, just what I love to do. Uh, fighting that Texas heat, getting like a 42 inch gigantic drum fan like that comes up to comes up past your waist like uh, you know you roll it out on wheels and you just put it in the corner of the of the party and flip that stuff on like that is that is the truth man like that was my um i'm so impressed with you shane i i would not have thought to buy one of these but now i really want one yeah it's it is great and i will give another specific recommendation which is look for the ones that are belt driven because apparently those are quieter because the one downside to getting the like Home Depot or Lowe's branded worksite fan, uh, the ones that are made for like actual construction sites uh, is they are not as quiet as the fancy branded uh, big ass fan. Um, but if you get the ones that are like a belt driven one, uh, you, you can get some uh, they're They're a lot quieter. Uh, the only downside to these is they only seem to make them in like um, traffic cone orange. Um, so, you know, maybe that doesn't work with your decor. I personally didn't care that much. Um, get yourself a big ass fan. Whether or not it is the uh, specific branding big ass fan. That's a that's a really good tip. I'm I'm impressed with you, Shane. Good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. We we just recently got a like a battery operated fan for our backyard, which has been really nice because it's portable, but it's not big. But it is helpful for uh, besides it being uh, Satan's butt crack uh, outside. It also is full of mosquitoes around here. So a fan is a great way to deal with mosquitoes. So I, I should look at one of these big ass fans, though. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, you have found our show on a podcast platform. If that podcast platform allows you to write reviews, it does. As many of them do, uh, we would really appreciate if you did that. It helps people find the show, it helps the show grow, and it's the second best way to support us. The first best way to support us is to is go emotionally. to Patreon. Yes, that too. Is go to patreon.com slash the short game, where you'll find all of our fine patrons uh, supporting the show at even just a dollar a month and all of them get access to our discord which is where we talk about the show we uh, we plan episodes uh, we uh, um, chat about unrelated topics as well it's just a good place to hang on the internet if you need a nice calm little little corner with some people who are time interested gamers the, the um, third best way to support us is to find Reagan on Bumble, where he's looking for other Tetris interested people. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, anything else? You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, which is where you'll find our uh, searchable show notes page, as well as a bunch of other ways to contact us. Uh, link to our Twitter at underscore short game and all of that stuff. Uh, hit us up with game recommendations if you'd like we are eager to hear them uh this is a good time for them as well uh and uh you can find me on twitter at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k uh nate where can people find you on twitter at nate stl and shane where can people find you also on twitter at 8 bit shane 
And thank you once again for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.